Good morning, Mr. Shackman. Morning, Mr. Burr. How are you doing? Ah, not too bad in you. Um, what the yeah. hell's wrong with this bread you sent this morning? Now, Burr, I've warned you. You be specific and factual when you're complaining. When you say wrong, what do you mean by wrong? Fair enough, fair enough. Um, uh-huh. Crumbs. There are crumbs everywhere. When you pick it up, there are lots of crumbs. When you move it, uh-huh. the crumbs fall from this bread like there's no tomorrow. When you touch your beard, there are crumbs. When you touch those crumbs, yeah. they make more crumbs. What the hell is wrong with the bread? Uh-huh. Uh, okay. Uh, okay, so this is a tough one. Um, Bert, bear with me. Bert and Jeremy are, are reenacting fairy tales at the moment. Bert really loves the fairy godmother. The glitter is everywhere. Um, and those wings... No, no, let's not go there. Um, anyway, Jeremy's side of it. Jeremy likes to just... You know, he likes the stories. Um, he likes being lost in the dark forest. I think it just brings back memories of his childhood. Um, with his newest creation, what you can then do is obviously leave the breadcrumbs if you've ever lost in a forest. Mr. Shackman, it's very hard for mm. me to get lost working from home. What exactly is this special called, if I may ask? Well, you know, things happen. Always be prepared. Every day carry all that good stuff. Um, and so this is the uh, breadcrumbs to the rescue special. <laughs> <laughs> that was inspired by breadcrumbs yesterday, by the way. Oh, well, breadcrumbs yesterday. What happened breadcrumbs yesterday? No, I saw a breadcrumb oh. and it was like, oh, okay. <laughs> Got to use that somehow. <laughs> I don't want to get into uh, uh, uh anyway now cool all right so uh before we get into today's topic the what we've learned um and in the way the YouTube algorithm works oh so well um in lately having got into a bit of PCs and and, and how they work um it, it told me how I was sort of watching a thing on how transistors work in you in your CPU now especially when they start talking about it, if you don't happen to know you got the various sizes of transistors where Intel works predominantly with 14 nanometer and you got AMD who works at smaller and smaller sizes. And I mean, it's kind of black magic science for the most part. I've always seen it as because you've got this silver block square thing that you put into your motherboard and that works. And somehow that does a lot of calculations and they have cores or whatever the case is. But it, this video actually worked in quite nicely in terms of, how the transistors actually work and why there are size limitations where fundamentally you've got uh, for the most part i mean it can work as two things but it's a switch effectively so apply current that activates the switch and allows a, a circuit to uh, uh, closes the circuit now the interesting thing is is that when you have the one kind of a, a fin fed type transistor the size when they start talking about um, 5 nanometer or 15 nanometer or 14 nanometer whatever the case is they're talking about that though the width or for the most part the space between the sort of signal input and the output that's i think a signal and driver i can't remember the exact terms the fun part is is that when you get down to say like i think it's 25 nanometers there you've got something like 18 silicon atoms or you've got I think it's silica atoms inside there. If you go down to, say, 5 nanometer, you've got, I think it's 4.5 nanometer. You've got something like 4 nanometer, or 4 atoms. And the problem is, is that if we make it smaller than that, what you end up happening is you get quantum effects coming into play, where the 
it doesn't actually the, the gap becomes so small that even if there is no signal the electrons can quantum tunnel across the barrier into the other thing and you basically get noise in your signal and all sorts of horrible effects and so on and so forth that there's actually a literal physical barrier in terms of making these sizes you can't just keep saying that oh we'll have a half nanometer um transistor it was just i don't know it was the fact that there are you know physics is putting constraints on your design in a way that you have literally no control of we can't i mean it's certainly not at the moment we can't control quantum tunneling yeah. uh, that was quite a cool one um I yeah, feel sorry I mean, for your third years this year, Mr. Sheckman. That design <laughs> exam is going to be a real bastard. <laughs> well, let's not give away too much what the questions are. <laughs> In the previous episode, we talked about, or previous episodes, uh, the last two, we talked about misuse and accounting for it in design. And terrible habits of driving with a pen. Oh, driving with pens, I using our cell phones. I the final and... joke that the pen is mightier than the seatbelt or whatever <laughs> it was. But... <laughs> I'll see if I can cut that and put it back in. We've still got time to, to put that in the episode. And I thought what we could look at today is we, we discussed very lightly what could be done, how you would account for it in design. But go through it today. What what would we do? What I mean, even if it's somewhat ridiculous, what could be done in the cabin? Let's isolate it to, to the, the cabin area. But, you know, the way people might be wanting to use their phones, get their hands out the way or they're misusing the seatbelt or you've got stuff in the dashboard or you've got your fluffy dust sticking out of the off the mirror or your box oh, of toilet paper. Oh, bringing out your Durban seat. roots there, Mr. Sheckman. It's what I was brought up with, Michael. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, okay, I think the, the first thing is to sort of look at what areas of misuse there could be and then how we would account for them, each one. Okay, I'm going to throw you the first one, and it's one of my, mm. my pet things. I've, mm. I've made sure that I've never, ever, ever, ever driven a car in slops. Always, always, because when I did my road test, it was some old <laughs> army oak who took me around and he gave me a, a, a verbal thrashing about, don't ever drive with slops, you'll bloody kill yourself, etc., etc. And Fair I thought, you know, something stuck with me that it could get stuck in the pedals and, you know, all that sort of mm, stuff. So mm. I've always, always, always driven with like laced up shoes. It's a, it's a thing. Everyone else in my family just laughs at me, but <laughs> okay. I mean, you know, I, I was told and it made sense at the time, but. I have, in my time, had to take the odd ride to visit an airplane factory or something like that with students. Mm. And I'm amazed at how much rubbish they have on the floor (laughs) as the driver. And, you know, you sort of think, surely you have to think about designing pedals as though people will be idiots and they will have old fast food things and they'll take off their shoes and leave them there or they'll be... Um, you know, a, a, yeah. a gym bag or something there. Surely you have to think about that when you're designing the three most, certainly the most important single pedal on a vehicle um, and, and, okay, and, yeah. and two of the other ones. And how do you design in that, um, yeah, there is enough space that if something gets wedged behind there, you can still maybe drive with it or you can reach in that there's nothing to snag behind. Like, would you would you factor that in, in the design? Okay, so I think the first thing to would be to break down is why do you put stuff down there? Okay, so the, the passenger side of things, hopefully there should be no pedals there. So shame for them, they get the trash. Okay, I think that's that's something else too. That's human habits mm. accounting for that. But I mean, personally, what I, I have a, a jump starter kit that sits under my front seat with a whole bunch of other gear and stuff. And occasionally in a severe braking situation, I know that thing does fly forward and hits my feet. Um, 
but it's big enough that it can't go under a pedal or hits my foot before it hits anything else. It's still dangerous as all shit. I really should move. Okay, so but, but your feet are in the way to prevent it doing something which you have already predicted it could do. Yeah. Hmm. So my thought is sort of go a, a style of basically continue the seat. Um, I think it, make, it might make it difficult to actually get in, but continue the seat with sort of an incline that leads from your knees in the same position your feet would basically sit in um, all the way down to the pedals. That area underneath there can be used for storage, so you can have like a little lever or yes. like a little uh, compartment or something and slide something in. Um, but otherwise, fundamentally, literally, it, it's there is... you'd Putting anything down there would immediately slide down to the pedals and should be an immediate no-no. Yeah, and I mean, for me, in 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 my in my car, you could have let's say something that a a, a passenger in the rear seat puts down there, which could roll. Um, yeah, I'm mm -hmm. not aware that when they got in, they had that thing. And yeah. then we go around a bend, you brake hard, and that thing rolls down. In your particular case, every time you brake hard, you are expecting to be hit by your um, mm. yeah, your, no, your, exactly, your service yeah. kit. However, if there was something in your car which took you by surprise. While you are, let's say, emergency braking, now all of a sudden your brain's got an unwanted signal. Oh, exactly. Yeah. Um, so yes, I, I think from a design point of view, you should take that into account. Certainly from the, maybe not from the pedal design, because your feet, as no. you rightly say, are in the way. So if something yeah. rolls from the back forwards, um, it, your, your feet should stop it or notice it or whatever. But then there's yeah. still an element of, maybe you don't want that to occur in the first place in which case what could you do and as we know vehicles are gizmos for and maybe that's our next topic for interesting mm. storage contraptions i can remember a few mm. years ago when they brought out a very cool car in the states which i mean i wanted it just based on its name it was the lincoln aviator all right it yeah. was a seven seat <laughs> suv the number one selling feature on the like the you know the glossy magazine thing was that it had 35 cup holders <laughs> seven people 35 cups and i thought do you imagine how much stuff you could have in there like as a yeah. diy guy you could keep your drill in one your dremel in <laughs> one yeah. your hammer in one hell yeah okay I mean, so, I mean, so yeah so, so for pedals i think yes the way that you could solve it is to think about it and then think um okay so how could you use that space for you know, and obviously you need to factor into account that if you did have a storage box there, it, it, it allows for seat motion and all of that, you know, all, yes. all that nice fun and I stuff. I think that would become an issue, yeah. So, yeah, it'd be a case of the... I'd design it in such a way that if you happen to move your seat forward, it would if there's something in there, it would crush it because the higher priority is the keeping the, the distances and all that right. The only thing about it is technically, if you've ever had something on your lap, whether it's... I don't know, a bowl of cereal or something like that where you're driving or your phone, you happen to sit it on your lap and you come to a hard braking situation. You've now created a successful ramp for the thing to go very directly everywhere exactly at your pedals. That's right, and they're um, not stopped by your feet anymore. No. Okay, um, that's, 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 so that's, uh, that's a very realistic thing, yes. Yeah, um, yeah especially cereal. I mean, I often, I mean, who doesn't? Um, the alternative then would be to actually just get rid of the pedals altogether, design a, a driving system that does not rely on, on pedals altogether. Automatic cars, you'll have already lost one. Your brake, well, I think, I think I mean, like accelerate, I could see a, a way around that. If you have like twist grips on your steering wheel or something like that, you, you can, you know, have that for acceleration. But I think the, the, the knee-jerk reaction of slamming your foot to the ground, almost like a, a bracing yourself, 
onto a pedal, uh, the brake pedal, is one of the more accurate ones. Um, not to mention also the one you really don't want to break up or stop. Yeah, no, that's true. I mean, it's a funny thing you, you say that, but it's a case of, I, I could think of, of many other ways to, to I mean, you, th- you think about it, I mean, you know, pilots can fly an aeroplane without using their feet to go faster. I mean, they, yeah, they use them to <laughs> slow down, but that's because you need sort of, but then again, if you take British World War II aeroplanes, there was a hand grip with a brake um, on, on, on the handlebar. So, um, yeah, we, we're stuck with things that, you know, it might be that your feet are used to control sl- speeding up and slowing down because that's what you use to control a horse maybe and, you know, it's being mm. integrated into a vehicle. Um, but yes, I mean, you, you could obviously um, do you do 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 away with that stuff if you if, if you wanted to. Sure. I mean, a self-driving okay. car probably doesn't have a brake and well, an accelerator. Uh, yeah. all, I mean, there's no need to have a pedal. At some point, eventually, you're rid of everything, yes. Yeah. Just, just basically contain the person in a cocoon and tell them to shut up. Okay, yeah, so exactly. for, for misuse, our ultimate thing is then, well, why have flipping pedals and things in the first place? Which is a valid yeah. a valid conclusion to that. Yeah, get rid of the whole misuse thing. Get rid of the driver. <laughs> There's no way there we go. to misuse it if there is Four no Four passengers in a faulty car. Okay, fine. Let's, but, let's dive on to another one. Do you want to do storage yeah. or do you want to do some other kind of weird... It's an internal system that's meant for, let's say, safety, which people can misuse. All right, I mean, let's aim at your fluffy yeah. dice. Okay. Because that's a pet peeve of mine, is people that don't have their mirrors lined up so they can actually see backwards. Or, or, or block. Or, I mean, what about the, you know, the, the, the holiday thing of you've now piled up, you know, yes. you've got your little your hatchback and you've piled everything because you've got six people in seven the car pool noodles to... three boogie boards it, the works yeah it's mm. all back there and you no longer have a rear window i mean you do but there's no way of telling anymore um how, okay, what about that i mean how do we account for that in a design um well I, I suppose in that particular case you could then do what we said we weren't going to which is to move outside the vehicle and you still have your wing mirrors which sure. are quite difficult to obstruct um mm-hmm. let's assume that you've got your little little car though um you attach a bloody caravan behind it so now it doesn't matter whether you had boogie boards or not and let's sure. assume that yeah. you yeah you can't find where the hell dad keeps the um mirror extender you know mm-hmm. things to see around the caravan now off off you go so now you now you now you cannot see behind you whether you look outside or um behind you um would you say that that's an example of misuse i'd say it's an example of misuse and i have a feeling it's really solved well and certainly in your high-end cars um with your cam- reverse cameras and or cameras and systems like that get, you don't need an actual mirror you can have a, a device that sits in the middle of your windscreen at the top there but it, it's a display um, but it's going to give you a fantastic view of the front of the caravan. Well, I mean, you, you simply have another camera, a detachable camera, ah. or whatever the case is, or a system, let's call it a system rather, that is portable or, or adjustable and can be fitted to the back of your camper. Um, I think even what you could also expand it to is that the trailer hitch, if it knows which direction the the sort of hitch is sitting on the, the, the ball joint, um, you'd then be able to even have a display as to as you're driving it could tell you i mean this is a whole separate problem but this is not really a misuse this is just a problem in terms of reversing trailers and and caravans and whatever the hell you've got in the back of your car well i like that idea and i'm going to add uh i'm going to add add a bit of fire to that um a lot of in in fact the, the the yeah reversing caravans is 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 let's say one story um I mean, you, sure. you, you 
everyone needs to learn how to do that because it's kind yeah. of challenging and, and fun to do and it's not mm. actually that difficult mm. apart from you just have to take your little transistors and plug them in the other way around and then you're fine yeah um mm. here's the thing <laughs> almost every single case where i've ever been sort of up a hill or something like that behind someone with a caravan they have misjudged an overtake quite badly and they've been quite lucky to live mm. through it now yes. i think a system which is let's say yeah it's 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 linked to what the tow hitch feels because the tow hitch you could actually measure things like acceleration um both accelerating lateral um you'd be able to effectively work out whether you were a go or a no-go for launch based on that because let's be Mm. honest when people strap a thing on for for holiday okay that came out all wrong when they put on a caravan for 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 holiday yeah yeah. um (laughs) strokes for different folks um when when you've got the caravan on your car you don't exactly go out and do a zero to 60 acceleration and a braking (laughs) test to calibrate yourself for this new behemoth that you're driving do you no. No, you just in in fact here here's exactly where the danger is. Um and and having done it umpteen times, you load up a, mm. a, a car, you load up the trailer, you attach it, you leave in the early morning where there's no traffic, um, uh-huh. you make it and then you're driving at hundred and twenty. You haven't actually had to brake hard to determine how the vehicle behaves compared to how it did until mm. you have to brake hard. Yeah. Okay, so I mean what Let's look at it in terms of. I mean, what you have is a a uh, what is it? A dynamically unstable mass behind your vehicle that you're now trying to bring to a stop. Um, what what would you say is the in this particular situation? Okay, the, the misuse has led to this. That's the sort of context to it. What is the problem then in this? What 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 is causing the issue? It's um, effectively um, a mass. A moving mass yeah. issue, yeah, and obviously it's an articulated mass where yes. if if you're not, let's say you're breaking around a bend, the um the force into the tow bar is actually going to produce a quite a large side load on your rear tires, um, which is mm. the jackknifing effect. I, I'm thinking almost like ways of counting either a, a sort of a rods that extend and basically lock the 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 caravan or your trailer or whatever device basically in line with your vehicle almost like extending your chassis so it becomes you be effectively a limousine um a, a stretched car uh, alternatively potentially your tow hitch and the way it, it's designed is actually split so that the moment you have extreme braking it basically stretches open widens out the trailer itself is designed so that instead of that triangular form that leads there it opens out into a square or even a sort of a obtuse angle um, opened out and that then basically prevents any kind of movement it basically effectively locks it into position um, into whatever angle it was so that you can come to a stop you might be doing all sorts of damage to your bearings of your trailer wheels and so on and so forth or, or the tires but it won't prevent it won't cause the thing to flip around and hit the side of you or, or whatever the case is potentially yeah I, while you were busy sort of dis- discussing that idea i came up with two one is you know yeah. it seems funny that let's say you know you've got this very fancy sort of suv thing which has got mm. every safety feature in, invented by man um and then you've got this d- dinosaur technology leaf spring suspension drum brakes on your caravan type thing <laughs> yeah, um yeah. To me, one of the things could be to actually just tech up the caravan so that mm. there's a there's a data plug 
when you attach it as part of the mm -hmm. safety features, which has got things like the onboard camera at the back and, and all that yeah. sort of stuff, acceleration data, which is then fed into the vehicle computer. So it knows that, oh, we've got ABS, but we've got this extra thing at the back, which also has ABS. So the one yeah. idea would be to sort of upscale with time um, t towable things, which could cause problems. And then there's another feature, which I, I was actually just thinking in terms of how sort of Airbus run their, their sort of aircraft lines, where what if, if your vehicle was designed to tow things, it drove like it was towing things all the time. Okay, I will elaborate on that one. So I'll effectively, you effectively, you could you could limit the acceleration and you could make it behave in terms of oh. braking as though it was towing a caravan during its entire life. That would be the safest thing to do from a safety point of view, but that's where safety dominates and takes out the fun factor. I, I think so, and I, I think it's something to sort of bear in mind in this sort of accounting for misuse where you can go to a point where basically right this car has a zero to 60 speed of 12 minutes in case you had something attached to it yes um it's maybe designing for a static situation we will assume the worst and it's always going to run on that worst case scenario i think certainly the idea of and it's basically along the lines of what you said is a smarting up your 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 device or your your systems is allow it to have a variable nature to it so we'll design and see this is what happens when it's in the worst case but if that's not there, the, the system can adapt so that, right, you know, sports mode to off-road mode to non-trailer mode um, and correct there. But at the same time, the extra two things you need to consider is people, A, you, you, don't, have to, you don't have to always buy the most expensive thing. If you can go for a, a cheaper option um, to get it to work, so although certainly when it comes to tech that that's advancing these days so much that that's not going to become a, a thing that eventually everything will be teched up i'm sure um, but the other one is people being lazy i don't want to do this stuff so you've effectively got to take it out of their out of their control i don't want to have to put it into sports mode i don't want or caravan mode i don't want to have to hook up all that special stuff if i just hook it on the, the tow hitch ah who cares so to me, a lot of the design for misuse is expect people to be lazy and not do something. And how do you then account for it? So certainly have the, the predominant thing of the, the smart stuff, hook your, hook your cable up and things, but then have the car able to detect, okay, fine. When I'm driving and the, the, the driver makes this turn, my tail's kicking out a little bit more than it should. It's almost like I have a, you know, a one ton load at the yeah. back there being dragged and almost limits you. There's almost like a, a, th a throttling of your computer to stop you overheating it or whatever the case is. It's like, okay, cool, you, you can't push this pedal as much anymore, whatever the case is. Um, but I think certainly when it comes to that, that would be more of a, a, a smart control system. Um, yeah, so I mean, the reason that I pitched the ideas in that particular mm. order was you could, I mean, logically, um, if you face the problem, vehicle and then towing something with mm. let's say start out with visibility you solve the visibility issue you then think ah oh, but if you're at the back and you lose control okay let's think about the control thing the correct thing to do is to try and solve the problem based on the, the thing that's causing the problem right which is then the towed mm. object but the reason that I pitched the idea of taking out the caravan first was because then when I proposed the thing of well why don't you just make it that if you're driving and you want to learn what towing a caravan is like your vehicle will act like that all the time and you won't even know that you're towing a caravan 
Ah, yeah. And the thing okay, is, yeah. if you came up with that idea first, I guess you'd then jump into the, but that's a bad idea for all the, it takes away my freedom to drive like a hooligan and yeah. like, no, this is no fun. I'm, I'm not going to buy a car that offers that safety feature. And that would then force you to go back to what actually uh. causes the problem. Um, One avi- uh, sort of alternative that could, I nearly said caveat, that's for the sake of it, um, but did anyway. Uh, one alternate uh, direction for that is... You mean your caveat the- didn't have a caveat? <laughs> My caveat didn't have a caveat, but so we had to mention caveat nevertheless, um, was designing a car that maneuvered or steered in such a way that were to have a, a trailer hitch behind it, it wouldn't make any difference. Whether it's a case of yeah. it has all-wheel steering um, along with your, your trailer system. So just, ba- you know, never... You effectively never actually have a, a, a multi-direction system or maybe it's some kind of um uh, what, what's it uh the buses that have the, the the articulated buses yes um something along those lines maybe something there as a alternative but the problem with that we're going for a whole new kind of system this yes. is a whole new way of doing vehicles is at the very least people buy a car because it looks like a car. If you suddenly put an extra wheel on it, if you suddenly have where the steering wheel suddenly looks completely different, okay, if it looks like a flight yoke, I'd probably buy it because mm. that's cool. But the the odd or that doesn't look right stuff has a huge effect on people wanting to buy it. And it's all very well, technically this works, but there are a number of products and certain examples in history where a design did not work because people didn't like the way it looked. Exactly. They thought it yeah. looked wrong. Um, and that's just something to bear in mind then. Um, with that maybe we sort of wrap it up here at this particular one um, if you've got any questions or anything you want us to continue this topic any other examples you want us to cover toastingdesign at gmail.com um, otherwise yeah thanks very much for listening we'll catch you guys in the next one cheers <laughs>